I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. It's a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. TJ, it's time to get back to theory. Let's do it. Oh, I'm I, excited. Yes, please. I have this strong intuition that when we do pop culture deep dives, uh-huh. like all the kids are going to come out and they're going to go, thankfully, mm, they're putting yeah. some flesh on the bones and and jumping into all th- these things that are, you know, everybody knows about. Our numbers tank when we do pop culture. <laughs> when you and I go like jump into theory, uh-huh. like all the folks come out. Yeah, people love it. Yeah, that's so, <laughs> and despite the wisdom offered to us by our wives and <laughs> lots of our friends, we still, you know, we find value in some of the pop culture stuff. <laughs> so, lots of people are going to, right? Other people, there are some. It's just my. Sometimes you don't know the the really rich, beautiful things that you bring to the world. You want to go do something else, right? You know, right. <laughs> Actually, there's a handful <laughs> of folks who, when we do the pop culture stuff, they're like, yes. yep. So it's for those folks, but not today. All today we're doing, five of you. Today we're doing some cool stuff. Actually, yeah. this has been on my calendar for a while now. I routinely come to Underlying Feeling. Some of you saw the the title and just say, there is so much here. Yeah. This is core. This is so core to who we are, how we are in the world, how we engage others, and even our relationship with ourselves. We might spend a little time on it, but today's going to be some some heavy intro. Yeah, it's sort of like a back to basics, but there's a lot more going on with the basics than we've ever talked about before. So we're just yeah. going to, you know, dive in. Love those those basics, right? I've started thinking, man, I really wish I could put this into a book. All of our like podcast series, I'm like, I bet you this could work as a book. And then I'm too lazy to actually do the book. Books are a <laughs> lot of work. And I say to myself, you know what? Information's out there. I hope yeah. people pick it up. But this this series could easily fill a worthy little Seth Godin style book. Right. If anybody out there really wants like a side hustle, uh, DM me. And if you want to do the project for us, I'll t- I'll... You know, we're on board. <laughs> you write the book with the material. There we go. We just outsource it. That's what we do. Yeah. Writing books is hard. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So talking about underlying feeling, underlying feeling, feeling is core. You you got a definition off the top of your head of what we're talking about with underlying feeling and as it relates to the Enneagram types. There's nothing pithy. Uh, I've never heard anything that was pithy and easy to just like quickly sum up what the underlying feeling is. But essentially, it's like there's this sort of core feeling within each of us that, that we feel its presence in our lives all the time. And we we sometimes struggle with it as sort of a, a defining sense of of how we understand ourselves in the world and there's three of these underlying feelings we have we all experience all of these feelings but for some of us we feel anger and understand anger in our lives more than everyone else for some of us we feel some type of shame or relational anxiety more than everyone else For some of us, we feel, experience, and live through fear in ways that other people just don't. And those underlying feelings just exist in our person. I have been thinking about this all day. And in defining it, I want to tell an origin story about each of us. That when we come to the world, we are receiving the world through our center. If you're into Enneagram, you know that you're a body type a heart type or a head type. I think that's primary to who you are. 
yeah. how you receive the world is like step number one. The world's coming at you, you receive it. And given who you are, you kind of receive it through your head or your heart or your intuitions. And that's just who you are. Yep. What ends up happening is in that moment, the information is all processed. And for head types, it's processed with a slight future filter. You're processing the world, but you're also thinking ahead while you're bringing in the information. And for heart types, they're bringing in the world and they're processing it with a past filter. And for body types, we're bringing in the world and everything's about the present. The thing about the present for body types is it's something that we begin to understand that we can't control. We get a little angry about that. It's, it's like our lack of being able to control the world that's coming at us translates into anger. So too head types. Head types, the world's coming at them. They have that future focus. It suddenly gets transformed into fear. Fear is always about the future. Fear is always about the unknown. You can't fear things that have already happened. Nobody is scared of the Spanish flu. You know, you might be scared of some other event in the future being like the Spanish flu. Right. But that's how fear works. It's about the future. And shame for heart types is about the past. Something has happened in your relationships and you're taking in the world now with that past filter and you feel, you know what, back in the day, I didn't do X, Y, and Z, or people believed X, Y, and Z, or something happened. And it creates that very core feeling, anger, fear, and shame. These are the big feelings we experience and they're kind of locked into our intelligence center. Yep. That's my origin story. what do you think? Love it. I feel like yours was much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I want to say one thing come, spins off of this and it's the desire for each of the types. I think because you feel fear, because you feel fear, what you want is mm. security. Yeah. And because you feel angry, what you want is just to get control. Yeah. And because you feel shame, what you want is attention. And we've talked extensively about that, but heart types want attention, head types want security, body types want control. These are primary mm -hmm. to our types. It may be the case that this spring that we're able to jump a little bit further into the science here. And we might talk about left brain, right brain, reptilian brain. Mm -hmm. I've heard some people isolate things of that sort. So if you emphasize your reptilian brain, you want control first. Sure. If you emphasize the left hemisphere, that's going to be a future thinking analytic side and you're going to be processing yeah. as a head type and the right hemisphere is creative and relational. Sure. I want to say that that's the start. Sure. It's like, this is the hardware that you have. I but love that. Yeah. Anger and control go together for those who emphasize the reptilian side. Because mm -hmm. we're all reptiles. <laughs> just, just <laughs> get out of here with your science. <laughs> just, just a bunch of alligators just <laughs> doing, doing <their> thing. <laughs> Two, threes, and fours. You know the the it's shame and relationships are are inescapable if you're yeah. bringing in the world primarily. If you're really leaning into the right side of your your brain, and yeah. so to the left left hemisphere with security and and resources and feeling fear. So that's where we're going to go. That's a primary for everything that we're going to say about underlying feeling in this series. Second, I'm, I mentioned it here. Orientation to time is all over this in yep. my mind. Yep. Um, do you want to unpack that? Yeah. So uh, we talked about, uh, Jeff mentioned it, the, the present, past, future, like how you understand the world, how you take in things, how you get the information about your surroundings and the people and the, the things that you have. And those things are naturally, again, naturally tied to one of these underlying feelings. And, and so we, eights, nines, and ones, all experience this focus on what's happening in front of us in the present moment. We may be thinking about things that are to come, but the way that we're thinking about the things to come is about what I need to do now to get to there. 
we may be sort of living in a in a in a nostalgic sort of understanding of of ourselves and and the stuff that's around us but we want it around us now to keep it present to us uh, this is why I have trinkets. It's to remind me of my past in the present moment. We may want to be entirely looking at what's going on in this space right now. And like, there's a lot of conversation about how to be more present. And, and eights, nines, and ones, all of the information about the world is coming in through this present focus. What am I doing right now to get me the things that I want? Twos, threes, and fours, because they're relationally connected, because they they look at the emotions, feelings, their sense of connectedness to other people, and and that shame comes in. Their their past focus is about understanding themselves through their relationships. And you can only do that with a past filter. You can only do that by understanding how people have treated you in the past, how you have treated people in the past. The only way I know how my relationship is with the person across the table for me is with an understanding of our history and, and what makes me me and what makes them them. And that all of those things come in to inform what I'm doing next or or what I'm doing right now. All of that is tied together by an understanding that comes from the past. And then looking to five, sixes, and sevens, there is, again, you can't, you're not really afraid of the past. You're not necessarily afraid of the present moment. You're afraid of possibilities in the future. And when you take in all of the information through this sort of filter focus, what is going to happen, what's coming, what's next, what's what's available out there, your processing through it will come through fear. Because fear of the unknown, like that's that's what fear is about. It's about the unknown things that could, might, will, whatever, the things that could happen, that is what fear is, this fear is about. And it's about the future. Want to introduce a new term to build off this? And the term is focus. Um, each type has a focus. Each of the triads has a focus. Body types are really going to focus on their spaces. Being intuitional types, we are interested in environments. We feel the environments. We are feeling sorts, but it's not relational. Mm -hmm. It's environmental. Yeah. And so spaces matter to us. Yeah. Heart types are different. They do feel, and the feelings are about relationships. And that's the focus of heart types. Heart types focus on relationships. Body types focus on spaces. Head types focus on resources. And there's a, a strong emphasis on resources that builds out of their future fears. Because that's the solution. Right. If I have resources, then they dispel my underlying feeling. Right. And that's the belief that all head types have. If I just have enough resources, I don't need to be afraid. So too, for heart types, if I just have the right kinds of relationships, if people give me the right kinds of attention, then I don't need to feel shame. And for body types. I have control, nothing to get angry about. Right. This focus dictates so much of who we are. We have talked in the past about the temptations for these uh, triads, that body types believe they are what they do, that head types believe they are what they have, and that heart types believe they are what other people say about them. That's the temptation for these types because at their core, their center is saying, what I really want most is control over my spaces. I want better relationships or I want the resources that alleviate my fears. Right. Love this idea of focus. Mm -hmm. We haven't put language specifically to it yet. Been brewing back there for a while for yeah. us. I feel like it's seeped its way into some of our other conversations, but, but we haven't really yeah. dove down into it yet. I think it's well known that heart types want relationships and head types want resources. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a lot of work with the body types of yeah, all things. I agree. 
So for those of you who do Enneagram theory, or for those of you who are in therapy, for example, or a therapist, when you, when you look at your eight, nines, ones, focus on for a second, their spaces, how they feel in rooms, how their environments affect them. I bet we could tell countless stories of how this works with eight, nines, and ones, but right. just as a big idea, that's a good place to start. I also think that like when anyone wants to present the idea of what draws people to New York City, they talk about like the, the city just has an energy. Like I see this in countless movies and like podcasts and like there's just an energy. There's a certain kind of energy to New York City. And what they're talking about is this indescribable sense of of space. It's not about the physical sidewalks and buildings. It's not about the physical people. It's about the way that all of those things together make you feel in your body. The, the, when we talk about this kind of, of space focus, it's, it's about an understanding that you feel in your body and you, and you, your brain is going to interpret that a certain way, but, but it's all about that feeling. And it, it may not be the chair that you're sitting in. It may be the way the chair makes you feel because actually it reminds you about this desk you used to sit at or or lots of different things like the feeling of clothes the way that our body exists in the world has a sense to it and that's what this focus is about in our last podcast we talked about nines and musicians who just want to get into nature Mm -hmm. same story yeah the feel of the city of new york is different than the feel of being next to a fourteen thousand foot peak right but both of them are taken in yeah. through the intuitions yep. and the experiences there. So from the person who, you know, is buying a overly large truck, there's no reason to have that truck be that size, but it makes them feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. Makes them feel not vulnerable, yeah. right? Make them feel strong. This is why they bought the truck. Right. I'm not buying a truck like that. Because I want to feel a different way about the objects around me. Right. This is actually one of the things that I think get consistently gets misunderstood about ones. The reason that they're perfectionistic, it's not often the times that ones are perfectionistic about their relationships. Right. They're perfectionistic about their environments. Yeah. Because their environments make them feel a certain way. Yep. They want to change that because they want to feel good in their environments. That becomes core, I think. Right. And so two nines, I suppose, on that front. Yep. Absolutely. One of the reasons you mentioned it briefly, but the reasons that nines collect totems is about how those objects of memory make them feel. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're starting to venture into the world of, uh, video and, and potentially doing some, some video podcasting in the future. And, and we're both having to examine how our spaces look on video because I've, I've never done a good job of making my space look nice. Like I, like I I try not to have trash around, but I'm not working to make my video space look nice because nobody's going to see this. Or if people are going to see this, I hope that what I'm saying is going to overshadow whatever it is they're looking at. But now we're trying to be a little bit more intentional and look at the space. And I'm trying to figure out what do I want on the wall behind me? And it's like, I want people to see the things that remind me of my life. Yep. And so I have like knickknacks and trinkets and things that I've collected all around the place because when I look at that stupid black and white orb, I remember what it felt like being part of a group for the first time in my freshman year of high school and like, like the things that I have around me make me feel a certain way. And so I like them. Does anger make you feel uncomfortable, TJ? You know, it does. It does. Anger makes me feel uncomfortable. Not sure. It makes eights feel uncomfortable. I don't think it does. We may have to go down that road. (laughs) The underlying feelings make us feel uncomfortable for the most part. I have heard so many people talk about shame 
in a way that just says this is the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. It needs to be eliminated. Yeah. If anyone brings up anything about me, my life, my past, my body, et cetera, with a tinge of shame, I will execute them on the spot. Right. I will publicly disgrace them and pee on their bones. <laughs> this, is, this is how I have a theory about why this is the case. It's because you're a heart type and you feel shame yeah. and you know it's there. Yeah. And here's the thing about the head types. They're looking at you observing this whole thing and going, okay, I, I understand. That's not how I feel. Right. Because the head types feel something else. Right. And the six in the room is probably going to say, well, let me tell you about all the things that are going to go wrong tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You can, you can focus on what went wrong yesterday, but let me tell you about tomorrow. Right. Right. And so to the five and seven. Yeah. And fear is legitimate and it can hurt and, and the anxiety that is there is real. Right. And it comes out of your, your center. Yep. And it's given power by your center. And so to eights, nines, and ones, I've, I said it in our last podcast, I don't, I, I can describe what it's like to get angry with myself. I don't know that other types can fully get there in terms of the emotion I feel mm -hmm. when I get angry at myself. It's like, it's like nothing else. Right. And I don't, I, I, I assume nobody else understands it. Given my knowledge of Enneagram now, I assume you don't understand it. I can tell you about it, but, and there's nothing wrong with that. And here's the thing. I don't understand your shame and I certainly don't understand your fear. Right. Right. But these are powerful. Yeah. So here's the question, TJ. Hit me. How are you going to get rid of that? There's got to be an exit door. There's got to be a way out of this sucker. Uh, the next life. <laughs> By that, I mean death. Is that... <laughs> I got lobotomy. <laughs> if you just rip out the right half yeah, hemisphere of your brain, you won't feel shame yeah. anymore. Yep. This is a very Buddhist answer. You Heavy just need to not use. exist. <laughs> That's right. I've, have you been introduced to cocaine? <laughs> this, by the way, won't help you head types. It will actually exacerbate yes. anxiety. Yes. This will be a problem. Yeah. I don't actually know about cocaine, but I've heard about cocaine. <laughs> I myself am a tequila guy and I'm sticking to it. Um, <laughs> and that could get you there. Drink until you can't feel your feelings anymore. I mean, there's a seven will have all sorts of uh, <laughs> encouragements for us on this front. This is what stance in part is about. You breathe in the world through your center. It's going to have that mixture of past, present, future, given who you are. Mm -hmm. It's going to have that mixture of anger, fear, shame, given who you are. You have to respond to it. How are you going to get rid of your shame? Well, it's going to depend on your type. And this is where orientation to time and most, you know, books about time are going to bring in orientation to time because withdrawn types are going to use past tools to try and alleviate their underlying feeling. Right. And reactive types, ones, two, sixes are going to use present tools to alleviate their underlying feeling. And aggressive types, assertive types, are going to use future tools to alleviate their underlying feeling. If you can get that one thing, listen to that five times, write it down. That's one of the most important things I think you could learn about the Enneagram. Yeah. Is your stance is, a, is in part about alleviating your underlying feeling. You right. have real concerns. You have these things hurt. You know they hurt. And this is how your type naturally tries to get rid of them. And that's what we're going to unpack today. Well, that took less than half an hour to set up. I'm really proud hey, of us. We did it. <laughs> I would love to jump into the heart types because I think it's the easiest to see. Great. In terms of how their stance seeks to assault. And I really want to say that. I mean, you are trying to get rid of your underlying feeling and it's okay to name that. Mm -hmm. I would want to suggest that there is a type in each center slash stance that is not trying to get rid of it. We can get there. Yep. 
Do you want to name those those types? That uh, be fun. Fours, sixes, and eights. The reactive emotional triad. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that? Because I think eights don't see their anger as a problem. I think fours don't want to get rid of shame because it's true. And I think sixes don't understand fear well enough to think that they shouldn't be afraid. I think that I don't think that's wrong. I do think that it would be interesting to play out. We'll play. We'll play that out. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great little. Let we'll just leave that as uh, for those of you who are really into Enneagram and want a question to to you know ponder on your own. How would you answer that? Yeah, I think that I think that's a really worthwhile meditation. Feel free to hit us on Instagram if you're just you know if you're listening to this and yeah. just want to throw out an answer. But maybe don't do it right this second. Finish the episode because we might talk about it and answer your question first. Well, I'm saying they should answer it and then we'll give them the right answer. There we go. <laughs> One that I am. I actually, dear listener, I just disparaged the word right uh, for for 20 minutes on, on a podcast recently of how much I dislike this in terms of oneness. So I should not have said the word right. That's bad form. <laughs> Twos. Notice how this happens with twos. All of us have a a time orientation with our center and a time orientation with our stance. Twos take in the world through the past filter. It's a relational filter, but they respond to it in the present, and that makes them reactive. The place in which they're going to solve their shame is right now. Mm -hmm. That makes them earners. That makes them outward focused. What was uh, Joey's word for this? Uh, reference. They, yeah. Externally have, referenced. Twos will, so in a future episode, you'll hear this, but twos have an external reference point, And that is they are seeking to alleviate their shame by doing things right now. Yep. Just that, in my mind, explains a ton about the behavior motive and just being of twos in the world. Yeah. And and because they are externally referenced, that sense of shame comes from outside of themselves. They experience shame directed toward them from other people. Whether it's happening or not, that is how they experience it. Why know why twos struggle with pride? It's all over this combination. Mm -hmm. Don't you realize what I've done for you? Yep. And I'm telling you right now. Want to know why twos fixate on flattery, on getting recognized in the present moment? Right here. Yep. It will solve the sense of underlying shame through which they bring in the entirety. You know, everything that they've experienced about the world that comes in through that past relational filter. And if... If only I can ingratiate myself enough to the people around me, then they will not give me a reason to feel shame because I have done enough. All of that, that just seems so core as 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 I'm processing this. It also speaks to the fear. The underlying fear for twos is that they fear being unwanted. Right. We've had a common reference to to a, uh, a person that we know that we've talked about who's a two who was adopted. Her interpretation of her adoption is entirely through this filter. Right. And it's, I read my story as a person who was unwanted. Yeah. She was adopted by two highly competent people who lavish love and attention on her. She is surrounded by a family that appears to really care about her as successful a person as I've ever seen. And that lone event has so much to do with her story. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. It's not that she's incorrect. It's that her whole life, her, her person, a defining event for her is that her birth mother did not want her. I want to talk about values for two seconds. This is a footnote, but it's incredibly important. Values aren't facts. Feelings aren't facts. 
feelings come out of their emotional responses to what you experience, your interpretation, and how you emotionally engage them. Facts at the end of the day are important, but they're not ultimate. Right. Wittgenstein famously said, when all of the facts are in, the questions of life remain completely untouched. Mm -hmm. That's the end of the tractatus, by the way. The... I have to put a show off. Notes. I felt I felt so hard. To you can't see my huge book collection behind me yet. <laughs> there is, you interpret your relational experiences. I interpret my relational experiences, but two, threes, and fours, when interpreting relational experiences, especially five years ago, four years ago, two weeks ago, they have elevated importance in their emotional center as human beings. Right. And twos in particular, that unwantedness sneaks in as the fear. Right. And all of the things about twos play out from this sort of central place. Being helpful, being uh, being giving, yep. being serving, ignoring my own needs. Uh, all, all of the things that we talk about about twos, this is one of the places where you can start it. Solid. Uh, anything else on, on twos and their underlying feelings here? Yeah, I think it's, it's, um, it's really interesting to think about twos and shame because I think that they, they sense shame in a way that makes it a lot more real for them than other people could possibly understand and they interpret a lot of what happens to them in ways that makes them feel shameful. And I think it's really important for us to not downplay that as, as people who love twos to not, to not ignore, to not downplay, to not dismiss their sense of shame, but to try and instead build them up and, and say like that, that's not how I see you. The way that you think that I see you is not how I see you. Not that that's stupid. It's just not how I see you. I love that. thing that's going through my mind is something we've said a handful of times, and it's the storing up of favors. Mm. When seen in this light, there's, there's something about feeling shame, saying I need to earn something now in order to combat that shame. But there, there's a, I can only do so much in the present moment, but I have a mind towards favors, which will get into the past. Mm -hmm. And now I can draw from those. Yeah. And it's almost like I'm combating some of the shame. It's like, like this happened, you know, five years ago. However, do you remember what I did four years ago and three years ago and two years ago for you? such that now I can pull, I can pull from, you know, my past focus there. Yeah. Bring it into the present. And that's a, it's almost a balm as it were. Sure. You know? Yeah. I like that. Alleviates that concern. One last little footnote that we might introduce here is direction. Twos, fives, and eights, the direction of their underlying feeling is going outward. Eight's anger is going outward. Five's fear is going outward. And two's, their shame is going outward. We've said this in the past. Two's don't necessarily have a radar all the time for how they're feeling. They know how you're feeling, though. Mm -hmm. Because so much of their radar is outward. Yeah. And so how you feel about them is a mirror. How you feel about them is giving them information how you feel about them. This is why their fixation is flattery. I'm fixated on what you think about me. Yep. And that outward focus really matters here as well when talking about underlying feeling. Yep. So I got for the twos. Great. The threes, I think, and I think I've said this in the past, but the threes is where I see orientation to time the clearest mm. because like twos, threes are going to take in the world through the past. And so there's that filter. They're filtering everything relationally and it can have that tinge of shame. How are they going to address their shame? They are going to win next Wednesday. Yep. They are going to win next Thursday. They are going to win next Friday. 
They have this in their mind. They have the whole list. It is very action-oriented, and it is all about, not last next Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, it is all about what happened in the past, never, ever, ever happening again. Yep. Yeah, they are, uh, we talked about twos experiencing shame from outside themselves. They're externally referenced, and threes are what we call independently referenced. And for for the sake of what we're talking about here, that means that shame is, they're, they're trying to protect from shame both inwardly and outwardly. And so they are trying to impress you, and they're trying to impress you by being excellent themselves, which means they don't feel shame. They They do everything they can to make sure that they don't feel shame on the inside because they're awesome and that you don't shame them because they're excellent. Very important to hit that direction right here is that the shame is coming both internally and externally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the, the, they are moving when, when threes struggle with deceit, they're not only trying to spin things for the people out there and showcase, this is how amazing I am. They're also spinning things for themselves. And the combating of shame is going both ways. Right. For the, for the three. Right. This, this slides real easily into deceit and vanity being the, the sin and fixation. Right. For threes um, in terms of like propping yourself up, reminding everybody how amazing you are. And when that gets spoiled, it turns into vanity. Like, like I am amazing. Look how amazing I am. And, right. and, and even overly obsessing on that. And I think the other side of vanity is about the appearance. It's, it's specifically about how it looks, yep. which is like this stems from that, that, fear this thing underneath all of this stuff about feeling like they have nothing on the inside it's a worthlessness the mask that they put on is the thing that they have value the thing under the mask has no value and that's that's about their shame like their their shame is is from the inside from the outside and that means the thing that's under the mask has no value so what i'm going to put out in the world is this mask which protects me against the shame i feel like i lack value both for myself and for others notice the distinction with the twos the twos don't have an inner focus. And so being unwanted has nothing to do with their inner life. Right. It has to do with everybody else's impression of them. Yep. But that's not how threes are. The worthlessness, the fear of feeling worthless is both internal and external. The shame is going both directions and they're combating it both directions. Right. And we're going to see this with sixes and nines as well. The reaction to anger for nines is going both ways. The reaction to fear for sixes is going both ways. Right. I feel like that was really fast. It was, <laughs> which the threes love because it got to the point and yeah, we can move on now. <laughs> we're just honoring you by being efficient. Fours. Fours taking the world through the past. They respond to the past with past tools. And so they fear being insignificant. And that's all about, uh, we've, I, I suppose it's worth saying the inward focus of fours is all over this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. They feel shame about themselves. Not, not because of what other people have told them about themselves. It's, it's comparison is the name of the game here. Yep. And that's, that's where envy comes from. That's where envy lives. It's about seeing the world out there and thinking that there's something missing from you. Like something is wrong with you that keeps you from, or something is, let's say something is different about you that keeps you from engaging the world the way other people do. All heart types are going to feel that comparison, Mm -hmm. but the, but the hyper internal focus for fours is going to be here with comparison. And so that obviously it's going to breed envy. Um, it's not just this person has this great life. This person has this great life in comparison to my life, which I'm 
very aware of because my eyes turn inward. Mm-hmm. And that inward focus is is worth highlighting. Yeah. And so, I, I also think there's there's a lot to be said about the, the sort of past-past understanding because I think that a lot of fours will also look at what's happening to them and the people around them and almost imagine or... Um, romanticize the past so that person gets along better at work than I do that person must have had a nicer childhood than I did like this is is sort of built into the way a lot of force think and and there's it's not revisionist history but there's an imagination involved in this past filter that that sort of makes up an understanding of who people are and how they got to where they are and it's not necessarily wrong, but it can be really literally incorrect. And, right. and it is still a way to focus on myself rather than giving someone else the latitude to be a whole person. I'd love to talk further about that. Um, Twos are obviously using present tools. Mm-hmm. How can I help you now? Yep. A lot of times that we, when we know twos and they're engaging us, that is their posture. How can I advance the thing that you care about? That's how I connect with you. Right. As I said with threes, threes are already focused on next Thursday. Mm-hmm. And so that's what future tools look like. They are thinking about what is going to happen, anticipating what's going to happen uh, with their actions. And that's in response to shame. Right. Past tools are are a little bit more difficult to understand. Yes. Fours, fours, fives, and nines all use past tools. They're withdrawn types. Withdrawn types all use past tools to get what they want. Can you can you talk about past tools and and then how they again how they apply to fours? Yeah, I think there's. Um, it's kind of hard to explain because past tools are weird, but. Uh, earlier I mentioned that like I keep trinkets and stuff around me to remind me of what I felt like at this time. And uh, I think fours being focused on relationships and relational connectedness, they remember how they felt when things happened and they, they use that information to apply to, to navigate everything else. It, it's about feelings. It's about how I felt in the past. It's about what I imagine you felt in the past. Like when this thing happened between us five years ago, I'm imagining how you felt and actually responding to that and the way that it has affected you up to today. And, and that connectedness, it's, it's all relational past-centered tools and, and it's understanding, like making decisions and, and seeing and engaging the world from an understanding of how the past has been, whether it's true or just about how I felt during the thing that actually happened. Yep. That's a good description. The one thing I didn't bring up yet is the fixation of melancholy. Mm-hmm. And that would be the negative side of men, of you know the 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 negative mental spinning that can occur right. in fours because right. they can get stuck in the past, right? And and come to a place of sort of accepting that I am meant to be unhappy. Yeah, I am meant to not have the things that other people have. And that's part of, I think, what melancholy is. And, and from that, I think I, that, that gives a really nice line for me to point to. I don't think that fours are necessarily running from their shame. I don't think they're working that hard to protect themselves against shame. I think that they believe that that shame is truly a part of them. And they're not necessarily trying to get rid of it. Correct. There is a through line where, it, unfortunately, dear listener, we're going to save the solution for the very end. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to skip ahead, you can look up the list for virtues and holy ideas and how those apply here. Yeah. But you can honor the dark side fours and you can still embrace equanimity 
and yep. draw in some of the other richer, vibrant colors yep. to balance everything, and that matters. Yep. So it is entirely a decision to focus only on the dark. Yep. And that's what melancholy is. Yeah. The it's actually excluding something that's real. Mm-hmm. If you don't likewise embrace joy, the joys, wonders, beauties at the same time. Right. Bang. That's a hard triad. Head triad. I like fives on this one. This is again similar to threes. It's the future past tools going on here. They're in reverse. Mm-hmm. Fives are bringing in the world through their head. That's future focused. So it has that tinge of fear to it and confronting that with resources. But they, like fours, are using past tools. And that's where those resources get anchored. Mm-hmm. What is it that has worked for myself and for other people in the past that would confront all the things that might go wrong in the future? And I think part of, of a past focus, like we call the withdrawn types, fours, fives, and nines, withdrawn because they sort of step back. And, and, and this is the place where, where we take a minute to process what just happened before we engage. And I think that is that is maybe the simplest way to describe a lot of things about fives is that they need to process the information before they engage. And they always have to process what has already happened before they engage. And sometimes that means they don't ever actually engage because they're still processing the information and putting it in order and trying to make sense of the things that they've already encountered in order to prepare for whatever is coming up. Just like twos, the the shame for twos is out there. Mm -hmm. I'm unwanted. Yep. The fear for fives is out there. Yeah. It, It makes them two fives, eights. They're part of a triad. It's all that external focus. Yeah. And so what the, Five does is in retreating in order to confront the fear out there. It's it's pulling, pulling past tools. Right. What is it that 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 uh, that I have stored up that can be utilized? Notice how cleanly that uh, connects to fives struggling with greed and stinginess yeah. as their sin and fixation. Yeah, and I even. Uh, I'm trying to say avarice more because I think when you say avarice, it doesn't communicate the same kind of stuff as greed because it's not about consumption. It's about collection. It's about not sharing the things that you have. And it's, I would even say it's not, it's about protecting the things that you have. Protection, I think is a better word there. Yes. Yep. It's not even the collection per se. It's that, Again, the stingy side, mm-hmm. it's I'm building a wall around my assets. Yep. And those don't have to be monetary. Those can be, this is what I know and I'm keeping it close. Yep. This is how I feel and I'm keeping it close. It's information, it's feelings, it's details about myself. It's even the fears that I'm protecting myself against. It's all of the things that I think are precious. I'm going to protect them. Yep. Spinning out. From those sin and fixations, this is where we can see the fear of fives. If it's the case you're going to stockpile all these things that are going to keep you safe, notice what the fear for fives is. It's incompetency. It's, it's not being, not having the resources, the knowledge, the experience, the whatever else to, to actually navigate the things that you're afraid of. If I don't know what I don't know, I'm in trouble. Yep. If I give someone the wrong information, I am unsafe. Yeah. The, I love that you spun it relational, and I, I spun it self-protectively. Yeah. And it, and it works for fives both ways, yep. especially just given their instincts, yep. uh, where they might line up with their instincts. I, I see it as the thing that hit me first was if I don't know something about what's most important, then I might get hurt. Mm-hmm. And you spend it relational. If I tell somebody the wrong thing, 
that could be problematic. Talk yeah. about that. And I, I don't think it's necessarily about like it could break the relationship. I think it could disrupt my life. Yeah. If my boss hears me say the wrong thing, then they won't trust me anymore and I could get fired. If I insert myself as an authority on any subject and people hear me say something that's incorrect, then I am no longer an authority that is trustworthy, and that means I am now unsafe. Fives often see their social role in those places. This is something I'm coming into contact with a lot with my youngest is they want to tell me how much they know. Mm -hmm. One of the most valuable things I've started to realize about my relationship with my youngest is that I know vastly more than them. And when I show them that I know vastly more than them and yet still elevate their value, Mm -hmm. not based on what they told me, but basing their value on who they are and that they have inherent worth, given you know, given our relationship, given the fact that they are made by the living God, all these things showing that they have value outside of what they possess because mm-hmm. that's the temptation. That's a huge investment in them because they can feel it. Yeah. This person honors me not because of what I know. This, this person loves me because of something beyond that. Right. And I think this is a good place to also mention that, like you mentioned, we had a whole spiel about... Uh, how much you dislike the word right. And I think fives are more concerned with being quote unquote right in the arguments. And it's Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of this. It's because if they are incorrect and they're positioning themselves as an authority, then where is their value? If they have spent their energy, their life on gathering these resources and these resources turn out to be useless then there's a tornado coming. Yeah. It's, there's the temptation. Five, six, sevens are tempted by believing I am what I have. And what the five has is the data. Mm-hmm. And that's where the sense of value is coming from. Or yeah. it's I have, you know, these assets. I have these experiences, perhaps. My, my observational, my uniquely observational perspective. I've never thought about, so I've really wanted to talk about social roles Uh on the podcast. I've never thought about it being an obstacle. Mm. I've always thought, look, this is what ones bring to the table. This is what threes bring to the table. This is what sevens bring to the table. It's so great. Look at what benefits the rest of us. Right. And yet our social role can be, if we don't get loved by other people outside of our social role, that, that would be terrible. Right. And on that note, we're going to pause and pick up in another episode. If you like our work, we'd love to have you rate and review us on whatever platform you use. That helps the machines think that we're good too, and they'll put us in front of more listeners. But the best way to help is to share this with a friend who you think will enjoy it. You can find links to our Patreon and our monthly Zoom gatherings at aroundthecircle.org. And of course, thanks for spending this time with us. He's Jeff Cook. I'm TJ Wilson. And who you aren't isn't interesting. Be who you are and you'll set the world on fire.